This week on the show, Heat Magazine called Carl a genius. Auntie Nora puts valances around absolutely everything, what Carl can't get in London, and Ricky cancels Rockbusters for the first time. All that and more is coming up in this week's edition of the Carly Pilk Boys. If you'd like to support the show, patreon.com forward slash Carly Pilk Boys. You get the, the show a week early. You'll never encounter any ads. Uh, and we've got the Brady Brett Boys up there. We uh, recapped series two of The Office. Go check it out, patreon.com forward slash Carly Pilk Boys. Okay, enjoy. <laughs> Welcome to the Carly Pilt Boys podcast. I'm David Ferrier. With Stephen Merchant. Uh, we're two little Aussie radio fellas air checking the old Ricky Gervais XFM shows. I've listened heaps. This is Zach's first time. We're up to Series 2, Episode 13, broadcast on November 16, 2002. Zach, do you have a Heat Magazine-style headline for this episode? Is this for the last time we hear radio genius Carl Pilkington's Rockbusters? We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, uh, it only took five weeks for Rockbusters to be cancelled by Ricky. And I've got to admit, this week I'm with Ricky. Yeah, it was. It was. But a- previously, I was like, "Oh no, man! I, I understand you're doing a thing of like, oh, let's cancel it, or like, there's a bit of banter in that." But I'm like, "Yeah, no, yeah, that that was a stretch. That was uh, ridiculous." Yeah, I, I, in previous weeks, I've said, "Wait, wait, wait, wait." Because he starts to take more liberties and um, the cryptic clues become more craptic, as Steve likes to say. Oh, I thought he uh, Carl's gone full tilt this week. He had two planned jokes, both of them puns. Um, outside of... Oh, you mean, what was the one? Um... The attitude <laughs> and uh, there was another one that we'll get to later in the air check. Um yeah, the attitude one took me a while. Did you like because I didn't know? I thought he said heart, not hat. Like <laughs> sometimes when you combine the accents with the recording, with the fact that I'm listening in a car, like you while know, your baby sleeping. Yeah, it's not like sometimes I miss things, and so like uh, I was like the heart he chewed. I'm yeah. like, what do you? I was like, oh, hat, right? Mm. It's a joke. Uh, we'll get to the air check in a sec. It's uh, We're recording this sort of the day it comes out. It's just after Easter. Zach, would you like a, a little egg? Yeah, I'll have an egg. Thank you. I know These are name brand, which is great. Not the... Uh, Cadbury, and we've got a crunchy one in there. Not the usual kind of um, nondescript ones I'm used to from my grandparents. Did you get those? Oh, what? Yeah. Uh, so they were just covered in sort of red or blue foil. There were no yeah, and they were yeah, disgusting. Yeah, but I still ate them. Obviously, of course. They Absolutely. really had the uh, they really had the mantra that uh, quantity over quality. So I'd get a big bowl. I'd of appreciate them. that as a child. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I lost some. Right, I had a big bowl of them, and I used to hide them. I don't know. I was like a squirrel or something. I was like <laughs> putting them away, and um, they had like a sauna in their house. They had this like eighties style house. Yeah, it was weird. A sauna in their house, oh, part kind of the structure yeah, of the house, like kind of like an outhouse. Style. Yeah, it's kind of like an outhousey thing, which is a, maybe that's in cooler climates. That's a normal thing. Very strange where we live. I know in Denmark, it's very like every house has a, a sauna. Um. Anyway, whatever. I lost my eggs, and then like months had passed. I went back to grandma's house. I was in the sauna one day playing, like I always did. There they were under one of the seats. My bowl of eggs. Three months later. Wow. What just a bounty. A congealed pool of. Well, I imagine Crap chocolate. that's probably what squirrels do. 
you know, they probably, they're probably uh, hiding away all their nuts and they probably forget where they mm. are and they probably come across a tree one day and be like, oh, look at all my nuts. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> Dogs too with bones. Yeah. Um, did you eat the the bowl of yeah, melted of course, eggs? Of yeah. course. I did. So we uh, went skiing a couple of times when I was a kid as a family and uh, I grew up in Perth, so not a lot of snow over there. So we packed away the ski gear for a long time. And then once I was going through my stuff, many years later, found my ski jacket, reached in the pocket and found half a chocolate bar that I'd forgotten about. Bonus. Uh, and I was about 11 or 12 at this point. Um, I tried to eat it. <laughs> How was I'm it? I'm surprised I'm still here today. It, it had been years. It was a chomp. Do you remember chomp? Yeah, I love chomps. Uh, it was not good, no, even even at my that, that stage um, where now I have, like, free access to chocolate whenever I want. Mm. I was thinking about this over the Easter weekend. It's like, why do kids care about – well, not thinking that. It's like, oh, chocolate isn't as valuable to me anymore because I can have no, it whenever I want. That's right. But it was real valuable currency. Like, if I was given chocolate or my nan would give me a little bowl of Smarties – I had to like guard them and, and ration them out. And you'd come up with a plan. It's like your resource management now. Yeah. It's like, what am I going to do with these? Do I trade them? Do I eat one a day? Do I just scoff them down? Yeah. That's what I would do. And then I would cry because my brother still had some and I would say they got more than me. <laughs> uh but yeah, so no, even at that stage when it was like, well, this is chocolate. This is like this is like gold. I don't care if it's five years old. I've got to try it, and I, it was not edible um, whatsoever. But so how how was your weekend? We've had like a, a Good Friday and Easter Monday off um, the back of that. Oh, sorry, you had a tragedy over the weekend. Sorry, yeah, I wasn't. <laughs> sorry, it's all right. I was going to pretend that it was. Uh, I was like, "Oh, what did I do on the weekend?" Oh, that's right. I put down my dog. <laughs> not, not, not. Uh, it wasn't a great weekend, if I'm completely honest. Okay, fair. Okay, understandable. Is, is Peach is old enough to understand the concept of like? Do you do Easter egg hunts with her? Um, we did um, Easter Bilby. We like throw out. We have these like wooden eggs. Fetch. And she, yeah, she goes and fetches them. She loves it. She like picks them up and puts them in a basket. But no, she has no concept of uh, right of what's it's the day on. of the day that you get lots of chocolate. And uh, they know, you know, she goes to daycare a few days a week, and they, you know, you kind of pick up. It's like, what are they teaching them? Because she has like, so they obviously have spoken about Easter, and they know that rabbits hop because we have like Easter egg, uh, sorry, like Easter bunny ears, and we put them on her. And she suddenly just starts, like, bouncing around the room. And we're like, where did you learn that? <laughs> I don't think it's inherent. Mm. Like, I don't think there's anything about the ears that give her special powers. <laughs> so, like, the daycare must be saying, like, you know, they must be doing that. Yeah. Like, bunnies hop or something. Yeah. Really enforcing the Easter bunny myth <laughs> from an early age. Um, yeah, sorry for your loss. Yeah, you one of your you lo- one of your greyhounds. Yeah, thanks. Uh, lost yeah, it, was, the it was hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Sucks. I oh hello. Uh, I on the other hand was in uh, I was with my girlfriend's family mm. who run a bowling center in Bundaberg. Oh, really? Good Friday, they closed the bowling center. It's called Bundy Bowl and Leisure. So yeah. it's not just bowling; it's leisure. Is that like you know, a, is there an arcade component? There's an arcade. There's dodgems. There's escape rooms. Dodgems. Dodgems, yes. There's a giant slide. 
There's their opening shuffleboard. Oh. Their, um, this what sounds else? amazing. Yeah, so Good Friday, they closed the centre, partly because it was Good Friday, partly because all the COVID, everyone, you know, strugg- they're struggling to get staff. Mm. We went there and had the place to ourselves. Incredible. Can you imagine? Um, I can't. Is Just it, it's try. Like a, it's a, <laughs> a childhood dream. It really was. Like, this must have been what it was like when Michael Jackson would go in, like, have places shut down so he can It reminds play me of, like, uh, Richie Rich. Did you ever watch that as a kid? And he had his own McDonald's Absolutely. and he had his own bowling alley. We walked in. Brooke's dad turned on the light, flicked on the lights. It was like... <laughs> we were doing, in the arcade, they have the basketball thing. Like yeah. shooting. We were playing basketball in the whole arcade, like trying to get past each other and then go lay up a shot. Amazing. We bowled, obviously. We did a lot of shuffleboard. And uh, Brooke, her dad and me drove around in the Dodgems playing dodgeball. Oh, that's amazing. In the Dodgems. That's, the only issue is if you guys are there by yourself, who's going to jump on the back of the Dodgem and get you out of the corner when you get stuck? <laughs> Yeah, that was, was like even as a kid, I felt like that that was humiliating. <laughs> it was like getting the RAC. <laughs> <laughs> it's humiliating. Get the tow truck. Um, yeah, and it's actually just a 15 year old kid. But yeah, it was incredible. The phone was ringing the entire time because apparently the local community were shocked and outraged because they, cl- they close one day a year, Christmas Day. Mm. So for them to close on Good Friday, not a normal thing. First time they've done it, I think they said in like 15 years. So it was like a staffing issue, was it? Yeah, it was part of that. Yeah, yeah. Like COVID is going everywhere and so a lot of people are staying home. So it was a, it was a combination of things like her parents need to take, like they don't give themselves enough time off mm. either. But so they did close it. And so on their day off, we went, let's go back to the bowl. So it was, it was uh, fantastic fun. Is that, you know, when you, everything becomes a job, no matter how fun your job is. Do you think Brooke's dad in the Dodgems was like, he has the same feeling as like uh, someone doing like a paper route or like a delivery driver? Here like we go like, again. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much like they're very busy. So I don't, I don't think he doesn't gets get on that the much. Dodgems. He doesn't get on the Dodgems as much as he would like to. I love the idea of a guy who got into it for a love of Dodgems. Yeah. <laughs> and, and just at six in the morning before it opens every morning, just <laughs> takes it for a solo spin. Or just like a, a stressful lunchtime. And it's just like puts... I need to unwind. He puts the sign on the door back in 15 minutes. <laughs> just needs, doing hot laps. I just needed to go for a cruise in the Dodgems. Yeah. This always gets me in a good you mood. Set up set up witch's hats for us to like go through like a time trial sort of thing. <laughs> and you know how like a... Uh, when a uh, middle-aged man gets a hot rod kind of cruiser car and then him and his missus go out and the missus has like the uh, handkerchief the shawl. Yeah. <laughs> over the head. <laughs> that the comes off in the wind. Yeah. They're just like cruising around the Dodgems <laughs> with that. Dodge. <laughs> yeah, his version of a midlife crisis <laughs> is he gets a sports car Dodge. <laughs> <laughs> what are you? We don't have the money for this. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, that was great fun. Oh, uh, they God, were my favourite Dodgem cars because I was always a little, as I've said, when I pissed my pants on the um, chairlift, which I did. I say that on this podcast. On or was the, that on the, that was on the that, no, that was on the mailbag, which oh, is okay. out in the world. Oh, okay, now. yeah, great. Um, I never loved like the real, like Dodgems were a good mix of like exhilarating, but like I'm not going to piss my pants. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like, when I was little, when I was older, when I was a teenager, I liked the upside down ones and stuff. But when I was like, you know. Ten, I was um. Not e- into everything the scary had to ones. go through the 
would it will it make me piss my pants <laughs> filter? Yeah. And dodgems were great. Right <laughs> in the happy medium. So uh, quite different weekends then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was uh, uh, I dressed up as the Easter Bunny as well. I saw that. What was, what was that about? Because uh, Walt Brooks family run a bowling center. So they're into fun and games. Yeah. Unlike my family, which are into drinking alone. Okay. Uh, so they have this running sort of prank rivalry with a house down the street. So they made me dress up as the Easter Bunny. Is this just- like an 80s, 80s uh, college film? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a little bit like Porky's. Or, uh, <laughs> uh, so they made me dress up as the Easter Bunny to go and steal a letterbox. Oh, that's And they filmed, filmed it as like a ransom video. Yeah. Yeah. Were they into it? The neighbors? Uh yes, they yeah, did. They, 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 they sent a very funny message about like cuz it was it was the night it was Saturday night that they wrote a very funny message about like oh we're so honored that the Easter bunny on the busiest <laughs> night of the year would take time out to uh threaten our family <laughs> and steal our letterbox. That sounds like a fun neighborhood. Yeah. Um Let's get on to the air check. So, series two, episode thirteen came out. Uh, was broadcast November sixteen, two thousand two. In break one, uh, Heat magazine is called Carl a genius, mm. his, which uh, is like his this celebrity isn't is new, growing. Is it? Like they're ref- they're referencing the the article that's like a year ago, aren't they? No, remember? Or is this just come out the one that you have? No, no, no. The one that I have. Doesn't Sorry. call him a genius. It no, says the, uh, the review of them when they're. I thought no, I actually have it within reaching this. Okay, here we go. It's always next to the mics. I thought I didn't know this was a new reference. I just thought it was strange. I'm like, why are they referencing an article that's six months old? I reckon they're they're in the magazine a lot in that radio yeah, section, probably. and this week they've used the word genius. Maybe I don't have. I thought it was interesting with that, right? When I heard that they called him Radio Genius, and we've discussed before that the the journalist who was writing these reviews probably didn't really listen to the show, and how much can you say about a radio show? So you're going to say he's a Radio Genius. But I thought, for whatever it's worth, in the decades that pass and you lose the audio, or you lose any people who were around at the time, right? And so what do you do? You look towards printed media for context, I'm like, are we? Is this going to build this kind of myth of like Carl Bilkington? Like when they're teaching media classes in uh, 2100, and they're talking about the early 2000s radio. Are they like, well, there was this pioneer, this radio genius, Carl Pilkington? Do you know what I mean? Because the only reference they have are articles calling him a genius. Well, no, but luckily we have all the audio, and in this episode we have Carl saying things like. They were a bit demicky. They weren't properly, which makes zero sense. Sort of undercuts the no, genius. No, no, no. But part. see, but there's no context to that. See, but this is context. This is outside of the recordings. These are people making comments on it. Uh, so-called radio commentators, and so this is our when, this is our point of view. Is our point of reference is that people were calling him a genius. Do you get what I mean? You've lost me. Okay, never mind. I also think Carl is a bit of a genius, though. I do you think? <laughs> in a way. In a way. <laughs> uh, Einstein's mum thought he was mental as a child. Part of Carl's genius um, was to summarise it like that. I don't know if that's true either, by the way. You don't think so? There, is, is, hasn't that been like, you know, the idea that he failed math? Wasn't that like debunked? 
It's, and it was like, no, no, he was always really good at math. Yeah, it's like the story of like, oh, you know, Michael Jordan wasn't chosen for his high school or college team or whatever. And it's like, no, yeah. no, no, he was always... Yeah, because he was representing the country at the time. <laughs> he was probably playing like under 12s for America. Um, Carl's auntie puts balances around everything. Classic eccentric relative uh, material. And we get another... Um, uh, recap of the fighting for five minutes story. Do you have like eccentric relatives? Not to like the it's... extent that no, you know. Like no. I think, like within the context of a family, someone is always going to be more eccentric than others. But yeah, like not like an all time. <laughs> like, yeah, they yeah. can't compete in the big leagues. Yeah, like, they can do the local league, but they're not going to state. Yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. Yeah, in the in the in the small pond of the family, sure. But if they went to an interschool, interfamily carnival event, and everyone put forward their eccentric, as an adult though, I've also thought like, oh, hang on, do they think that we're the eccentric ones? I have had that thought recently. I'm like, the because no one thinks that they're the ones that the other families are talking about being weirdos. Interesting. Yeah. But then I thought, as you said that, I'm like, no, we don't really. Hang on. <laughs> Is my family the weirdos? I don't think so. I think though. so. I think no. they're pretty straight. Um, your dad was an NRL ref. That's right. Yeah, well, yeah. I guess that's, that's not eccentric. It's not eccentric. It's, it's notable, though. Like, it's a, like I've, I've told Brooke that because her family are big NRL fans. And I've been like, you know, Zach's dad used to, like, ref grand finals. Yeah, it's funny. Um because he stopped doing that when I was fairly young, like 12 or something. But, like, I see clips now. People share, like, famous um, moments in... Famous ref fuck-ups. No, 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 no. Just, like, just, like highlights of, like, rugby yeah, league. Yeah, and, like, and oh, you just see that dad. in the background. <laughs> or, like, sometimes if it's, like, the referee was involved with it, like, sending yeah. him off or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's my dad. Yeah. It's like I didn't really understand the context when you're a kid because that's just what you're used to. And he was a ref during like, you know, people always say, bring back the Biff. <laughs> when that it was, was when I most recently saw him, what I'm talking about, I saw a clip online yesterday of a famous fight and he's like in the middle of it, blowing the whistle. <laughs> being like, get off each <laughs> other. Get off. Yeah, stop. Yeah. But they the were stuff like really, that was happening it was in quite the- uh, 20 years ago. It, it was like street fighting. Yeah, like, stuff that would happen was, during game In the AFL as well, like stuff that would happen during games that just you wouldn't, you'd get kicked out of the sport now. You'd be banned for life yeah. now if you did what they and did 20 years it's ago. all out street Full on punching punch each other ups. in the face. Yeah. And this is what, what, what six-year-old kids going, yeah, yeah. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Like there was a thing like the Western Derby Eagles versus Dockers. There was one, I think it was the year 2000, and it's, and it's referenced as the Demolition Derby because there was like a bench-clearing brawl yeah. that broke out. And, yeah, as a kid, you're like, get in, yes, violence, violence. Uh, in break two, Ricky went north for her a corporate gig at Old Trafford. Steve makes a joke about the only cab being horse-drawn in Manchester. You know, Manchester, I looked it up, is less than a four-hour drive away from London. It's amazing how... The regional differences yeah. in England. And that's because it is such an old country. Like, it used to be that the there was a king in the north, like yeah. Game of Thrones. That, that But just, like, it's 321 kilometres away. That, I will drive that on a weekend to go to a beach. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, too, because you cross, in Europe, you'd cross... Um, a lot of borders and stuff. And people have pointed out 
interestingly, uh, in Australia, what we've the Westernization in European influence means that like we've lost a lot of the indigenous um, history. Just but like there were uh, two hundred plus. I'm sorry if that's wrong. Indigenous nations. Yes, you know. So yeah. like when we travel, we used to. Yeah, we we are crossing a lot of indigenous yes, countries. We are, but um. I did read like a letter recently from a European who was early in Australia and they, they caught like a train from like Brisbane to Sydney or something. And they're like, uh, the landscape is like pretty much the same the whole way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, other people were saying like, they're like, I spoke to like the conductor and he said that we went, we went the bland way. There's a more interesting way to go or something. But I was like, oh yeah, there is like a thousand kilometers and you'll see the same trees. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas like, I wonder in Europe if that's, I don't think that's the same. I think you do. Well, over a thousand kilometers, yeah, things like would change it up. Yeah. Yeah. There's a thousand, you can go a thousand kilometers and never encounter a hill in Australia. <laughs> you could just. Well, that's probably, to be fair, that's what the train would be doing. Like they're going to avoid the mountains, yeah. which is where you're going to get different trees. Yeah. Like you're not going to purposely go up a mountain in a train if you don't have to. Yeah. So they're going to be going over the flattest area. And so therefore I start to think like, well, yeah, it's pretty similar conditions. So you're going to see similar trees. If you went a thousand kilometers inland, you're going to see different trees. Like if you just gone up the coast, it's pretty similar. Well, from Brisbane to Bundaberg is quite different. Oh, the is earth it? is very red yeah, okay, in Bundaberg. There you go. Um, and I was thinking about it compared to driving through New South Wales, where you've got the, the blue mountains yeah, and well, it's there much you go. more I guess it just depends. It just depends in a different go. kind of way. I got one of those uh, books of like collections of people's letters. I was like, I was interested to like, I was like, man, Australia must have been, when Europeans first got there, they must have been like, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, <laughs> can you imagine seeing a kangaroo? <laughs> Like that would be like, where am I? And then you find out six foot tall, yeah, muscly as anything, and they bounce. Like, what other animal does that? (laughs) You're telling me information that I know, but you are pointing out how ridiculous kangaroos are fucking ridiculous. Weird, and they've got a big like hoodie pocket at the front of their belly, yeah, that they won't let you ride in. And no matter if you you approached them. Like those, the big red kangaroos, they, they, they would like, they'd be like, go on, let's go. Like yeah. they would like kick destroy you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Carl outlines his issue with London here. Here, um, you know, if you're a panini in a latte or whatever, you can't move from. But for soil, I had to <laughs> go virtually how many miles away from me to carry that soil home and stuff. Outrageous. You can't. London needs Bunnings. That was one of my favourite riffs is when they start going, you can't get good mulch in Yeah. Um, <laughs> of course you can't because no one's got need Yards, for it. Yeah, yeah. Like, why would they? <laughs> like, you're not just going to have a big uh, compost centre when everyone's in apartments. In the centre of London particularly because Carl says repeatedly that he lives on a high street. So that's like, you know, the busiest part of whatever he in central London. He seems genuinely confused by this photo. Yeah, yeah. Um, in break three, they get back onto Rick Waller and Carl tells an actual joke. He, they get rid of him next week because of his attitude. And the first time I read it, I thought he'd actually ate someone's hat. <laughs> <laughs> Good from you, Carl. He even does the radio cliche there, the, can I go home? Did you hear that? Yeah. You know, when someone tells, like, oh, you can go home now. You've, you've earned, you know, you've done your work the for the George day. George Costanza going out on top. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in break four, 
they get onto Carl's uh, school picture, the only one his um, dad paid for because he was so stingy about paying for school photos, so he only got the one. Have you seen it? No. Do you have it there? Uh, it's online. Hang on. Uh, I related the, to this, to be honest. We never got school pictures for whatever reason. I don't know if it was stinginess or there was four kids in my family, so maybe it was expensive to times it by four. But did you get school pictures? Okay, a few, yeah. Not every year, but I've definitely – there's a few different hairstyles working working their way through. Also, that I'm like, oh, that's year five, that's year four. I also loved his description of his dad saying that it, the, the picture of the kid wasn't enough. I want a background yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> Here you Give go. me a landscape. Have a look at this. That's so what oh, when yeah. Steve references his weird little smile. No. Cute like, kid. He's a nice looking kid. Yeah. Is, what? He's not a weird kid at all. No. But that is a strange smile. It's a heavy vignette as well. Is that the... Uh, I think that's... Someone's edited that themselves? Yeah, I think so. Or is that of the time? Oh, well, there's some photos of... Um, oh, there's... Oh, wait, no, that's a Photoshop. Some photos of uh, Ricky. There you go. There's Ricky as a kid. With a monkey. Anyway. Uh, that ages Ricky quite a lot, doesn't it? That childhood photo. It's of black him. and white. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yeah. oh, okay, what, what, what era was people this? People wearing top hats. <laughs> so, uh, oh, and, and uh, Carl is asked when was the last time he had, he, he felt happy. Like, when did, when did he last, he didn't have the weight of the world on his shoulders. Because I don't sleep like I did, like, when I was, when I was a kid. I mm. had really good sleeps and now I don't. Right. So, I think... Why but you've got a lot of things on your mind. You know, where can I buy soil? Yeah. <laughs> How can I confuse a computer by t tapping in Y in the search yeah, engine? Yeah. Probably when I was 14, I was stress-free. Uh -huh. Were you? Yeah. When was the paper round? Probably when I was 15. Right. Is that, that's when it started, was it? I reckon. That's when I started getting stressed. Mm. I think that's fair enough. That's a fair assessment. I started pushing yeah. trolleys when I was 13. That's when, you know, I had to start. And was that stressful? Yeah. 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 You're a trolley boy. I was a trolley boy, yeah. I've always wondered about the um, camaraderie between the trolley people. Like, did what, did you work by yourself? Or no, were I was other solo. People? Yeah, oh, it was solo. an after-school job. Yeah. I'd go and do it for, and I and I had to clear the car park basically before I was done. Um, was it Coles, Bilo, Woolworths? Yeah, a, a combination. <laughs> yep, it was at a place called uh, Heathridge, I think. It was just one of those crap suburban. There's a supermarket and a chemist and a bakery and a bottle shop. Do you ever hit a car? Yeah. Yeah. What happened? Uh, just get moving. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Yeah, I have no specific memory. I do have a specific memory of one day going like, well, it's nearly time for me to go. There's still trolleys everywhere. Ah, oh, just leave it. And then the next day, trolleys were everywhere and demolished. And I got seriously yelled at about that. And it's funny how, like, I don't know what personality you were, but I would have taken that, like... That would have stressed me out. It's hugely, yeah. yeah. It's like I've let down the team. Yeah, yeah. And it, but it was like, oh, God. It was one of those adolescent testing your boundaries things. Yeah, like, true. let's see what happens if I just go home a little early. And it's like, oh, the worst thing happens. Uh, I shouldn't do that. I should finish finish putting all these trolleys away. And you had to lock them up a certain way. And I told you about um, how I used to drive golf carts around the retirement village, right? Think so? Yeah, I told you Tell me this. again. That was my high school job. After I left, I was a checkout person, which I left. Yeah. And I went to do this. It was like a retirement village. Everyone's in their own little villa. It's like a small suburb. Uh, you've told me you caddied. 
No, no, I used to caddy for my dad as right. when I was like ten. But this is like um so we had they had built this um they had built a wheelie bin trailer that went on the back of a golf buggy and like we'd go around, we'd pull the bins into this thing and would pull them down to a ring road where, because the little roads were too small for like a big truck to come through and pick up these things. And then we'd take them back. But like, there was like the guy who ran the center was like this older guy near retirement. He wanted to give some jobs to some 15 year old kids. And like the job took an hour, but he's like, the state says that I have to pay you for three. So you get paid for three hours. You can leave as soon as you've done though. And so we got so fast. We could awesome. do it in 40 minutes sometimes me and this other guy from my school, we did it together. A new guy came in, a new manager, much younger. I'm going to get this place into shape kind of thing. Uh-huh. And I remember people whispering to us, things are going to change around here. Things are going to change. I remember the first time we saw him, he was walking out to his car. He's got like briefcase in hand. He's got like his tie on. We come flying down the hill in this golf cart. <laughs> my friend's in the driver's seat. I'm in the back like with a uh, big one of those big pool sticks that you clean out a pool with and yeah. we put like a brush on the end of it yeah. and we were driving past the um, the uh, street lights. Yeah, knocking them out. No, de-cobwebbing them, but oh. we were doing it on the fly. So like he would drive past <laughs> and I would like swipe at it and like without <laughs> slowing down. And then he would fly out into the road and I was like grabbing the edge of this like trailer. It was like dodging cars. That's fine. And um, I just remember looking up and seeing him and he kind of like his jaw dropped and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> Things are going to change. Yeah. And after that, we would get a long list of jobs we had to do until the three hours were up. Oh. And it was the, it, the, all he was doing was making us work the time he was paying us. Yes. But we were so angry about it. Yeah. And it was like, this is the worst job in the world. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because we Total had a certain injustice. expectation and yeah. then it wasn't met. And so one of the jobs is we had to clean up the, um, the woodworking center. They had a woodworking center for like- Nice the old people to go and do some woodwork and it hadn't been cleaned up in years. And so honestly, it would have been 10 centimeters of sawdust around the whole thing. So we shut all the doors, um, put goggles on and I went in there with a leaf blower. <laughs> I just went like, <laughs> it was like a snow globe of like sawdust and uh, pr- most probably has done damage to my lungs. I'd imagine. Right. No mask, nothing. Just like, Wah. Oh yeah, yeah. And then I don't know what the plan was. Cause it all just settled again. Like we didn't suck it up. <laughs> I was just like, oh, we'll just blow it around. <laughs> At least into a little pile in the corner yeah. or just... Well, not man, it was a small room and that was a powerful leaf blower. Uh-huh. Like it was just like a cyclone in there. So that was your first job? Second job, yeah. It was the best oh, job. Oh, sorry. Yeah, check out. It was That's, the best yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. We were like by ourselves. It's like what Carl says. By yourself. You're your own boss. You're your own boss. They gave us golf buggies. We were like 14. We were That's like flying around. Excellent. In them. I was excited to push a trolley. Yeah, exactly. Because I could jump on the back and, and ride it. And funnily enough, this um, trailer that we had, because we spent so much time in this thing, to this day, I can still reverse a trailer pretty well mm. because of like it was a smaller version. It was like the perfect. We would like fly it through because you know when you're a kid, all you have is time to practice mm. things. Mm. I was thinking about this recently. You know when like they have like a 14 year old skateboarder that can that doesn't impress me at all because when you're 14, that's all you have to do is skateboarding. You're gonna get pretty good. Yeah, we could fl- like reverse through like cones with this trailer. Like we were so good <laughs> at reversing it. And, um, yeah, it's like to this day, that's a skill I still have from it. Nice one. Uh, where were we up to in the show? We were up to 
So that's yeah. So so wait, but that sort of goes against what Carl was saying. Is was so you were fourteen, fifteen, and um, he had his paper. That, that job. When was it? But when did you have a job that put the, put the weight on your shoulders, the weight of the world on your shoulders? Yeah, when this new manager came. Okay. That's when we. Yeah, that's right, when it was right, stressful. Right. Now they touch on how depressing Sunday afternoon evenings were growing up. Yeah, pre internet. Uh, I relate to that as well. But just how crazy those days are gone because what is? Of, because of Netflix. Like the idea oh, of like, like that you would connect that feeling to programming. What's on TV and yeah. go, ah, oh, that means. Like I always had that with, so uh, weekday morning TV, which I wasn't really allowed to watch, but you, like, you know, Cheese TV was on. Yeah. And then after it finished, what's in the box, like the real yeah. preschool stuff. Yeah. And that that song still triggers me in a way it's because that, mean, that meant it's, it was time to go to school. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm probably associating it with to go outside because I only watched it on holidays. Uh, oh no, it'd be fun though to go play on the trampoline. Yeah, yeah. see, the the, I don't have the negative. I don't no, because it was always around eight thirty. I was like, oh, I gotta go. Damn it. Um, Carl's mum cut his hair. Tells the story how he ended up with a bowl cut. Classic stuff like that. My mum cut my hair. She was always very good at it though. Yeah, like better than hairdressers. So no, no. Well, I did have bowl cuts, but it was intentional. Yeah, that was the fashion. <laughs> that at the was time. the fashion at the time. Break five, educating Ricky. I'll be no buying one of them. Hippopotamus and chicken. You believe it? Uh, yeah. So the second joke, second pun joke, was when Carl says, and he flew off the trampoline at a hypotenuse, <laughs> which sort of works. What I don't understand is that is that a triangle joke? That's yeah. What, yeah, it is. It is, right? That's what, like, you know, the long yeah, side of Yeah, the hypotenuse of a, a triangle. Yes. The long I suddenly side of a right hand. I got insecure of it. Yeah, it's the longer side of a right triangle, yes. Yeah. It's the hypotenuse. Like the A squared plus B squared equals C squared, right? Pythagoras theorem. Yep. Yeah. Chemistry. Sure. Algebra. Photos. Dot com. <laughs> uh, stigmata. <laughs> Pelican brief. Uh Ricky and Steve take issue with the concept of hippos being in a circus. Here's a story from Reuters, quite legitimate, from 2016, from Russia. Three 10-year-old hippopotamuses, Zlat, Yana and Ada, are the main attraction at a Russian family circus where they roll over, play ball and stack their bodies on each other. Their handler, Tofik Akunovdov, said the hippopotamus show is unique and the tricks the hippos perform cannot be seen anywhere else. I wonder why. I just want to say that this is the only show of its kind in the whole world, said Akalibu, who's worked with hippos since 1979. The hippos came from uh, an Israeli safari park. They were aggressive initially, but are now used to performing, he added. They've been beaten into submission. Uh, Yeah. Um, I'm glad that generally... The world is moving away from that. From animals in circuses. Full Doing stop. tricks, yeah. Yeah. Especially big, wild animals. Oh, yeah. Although it would be cool to see someone with a chair and a whip in a cage with a lion. Get in a cage with a wild lion. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to do that, we'll see how it goes. Break six, Rockbusters. Steve is giving away his copy of Pelican Brief. I don't know if I've asked this. Have you ever, it is, again, a bit of a radio trope, a bit of a cliche. They're like, oh, I'm giving away something that belongs to me. Mm. I think I've asked you this before. Never done it. Um, I can't. 
don't I have a vague vet memory of something that we did, but I can't remember it of like having to tell someone on a phone afterwards, you know, we're not actually going to send it to you. It was like a gag. It was like, you know, we're giving away Dom's whatever it was, but it was like the joke was that no one would want it. Yeah. And so I remember we're like, I remember the producer being like, yeah, yeah, he got it. It was fine. Like he didn't want it. Like, you know, we were afraid that it would get off air and the person would be like, so when are you sending it to me? You know, like when Bart. I want my elephant. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Which is actually pretty, thinking about it now, that's pretty good uh, parody of radio, isn't it? That Simpsons episode where they're doing like the elephant or the money. Or 10 grand, yeah. Yeah. The unmarried lady is a friend I eat out with. Might be the worst Rockbusters clue. Of all time. I, I struggled with all of these. Uh, even even Madonna. I love that woman. I love everything she does. Mad on her. Madonna. Mad on her. Isn't that what it was? Yeah. What? <laughs> I don't know. I thought just Madonna because Madonna means like. Like. What? I thought it was a pun. Mad on her. I'm mad on her. I think it is. But I thought it was like literally the meaning of Madonna, which is an idealized, virtuous, and beautiful woman. Oh, so right. it's like, oh, Madonna. She's she's a Madonna. But mad on her makes perfect sense as well. I've, you've broken my brain, Zach. That was why Ricky liked it. That's why he gave it to him. He said, yeah, you can have that one. Wow. But he didn't like the other I two. Never they were way that. too much of a stretch. I've heard it I don't so th- many yeah, times. I don't think I came. I think they say it. I think they say mad on her. In the episode. I must have just tuned out every yeah. time it got to that part. So, break seven, Educating Ricky part two. They talk about the book of 50 Freaks. That's the book that Ross Noble gave to him um, oh. that Ross told me about when I had a chat with him. Uh, chicken, You Believe It, the story about the headless chicken. And Carl's got a date for this one, 1945. And uh, it is, uh, as is established in the telling, it is a true story. Check this out from the BBC. The chicken that lived... For 18 months without a head. There's a photo and everything. Pretty grotesque. There's its head. Oh, my goodness. That's horrifying, isn't it? It's actually a big hole. I, I, I the, might post uh, it to Instagram, yeah, but... that kind of... Uh, you might get that. Instagram might, get might have a problem with that. The, um, the fact that they've put it up on that pedestal and put the head next to it, <laughs> like the fact that they've... Styled this photo because <laughs> it's got a little cloth over the, over the little podium that it's like standing it, on. Um, it makes me very uncomfortable. Also, the idea that they intentionally kept the head like mm. it doesn't look like that that head has been freshly removed. That's mm. been there for a while. Yeah, and its eyes are open. Seventy years ago, a farmer beheaded a chicken in Colorado, and it refused to die. Mike, as the bird became known, survived for eighteen months and became famous. But how did he live without a head for so long? Asks. The author of this article, and it's quite long. So the idea is like it looks like the head was removed, and so therefore you kind of conclude it's vital organs. But maybe in the chicken, it's really only half its head's been removed. Yeah, and I guess like the vital parts were in the part that was still on the chicken. Miracle Mike is an ad for it. Miracle Mike, the headless chicken. I listened and heard the farmer say, "We'll have this fowl for lunch today." Thought I, there won't be nothing doing. I just can't see myself a stewing. But he took the axe and chopped off my head, then threw me down and left me for dead. There on the ground for a moment I lay. Then I arose and walked away. Well, <laughs> so what, they wrote what, a poem. What is this? Is this an ad for <laughs> it? That's a poem? Copyright 1945 by 
So it's a poem written from the perspective of the headless chicken. Right, okay. Said well, the it farmer, inspired art. Said, <laughs> yes, something good came out of Someone it. Someone was like, that chicken is my muse. I, I'm compelled to write some prose. There's two more paragraphs. Said the farmer Lloyd to his kindly wife, that's the strangest thing I've seen in my life. Said the kindly wife to her farmer man, I can't put him in the frying pan. A fowl that hates so much to die, there must be some good reason why. And since he wants so much to live, every living chance to him will give. Through my esophagus they feed me corn. They give me drink and keep me warm. I'm well and happy as can be. I stand around for folks to see. Although I haven't got a head, I'm better off than if I'm dead. I love some rhyming couplets that also share some information. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like um, it's a biographical. Yeah. And it's like, you'll be wondering, how is it fed? Well, read the poem. <laughs> we cover it. It's got all the vital information. Um, oh, my God. There's a statue of Mike. Where, what city is this in? Colorado. Somewhere in Colorado. Wow, this BBC reporter really went deep on this. This is a full feature. Well, it is something everyone's heard of, right? The chicken that lived without a head? Well, you know, I feel like that was a part of, I don't know, I never heard where from, but, you know, that was something that was passed around in the schoolyard. There was a chicken that, or chickens, it wasn't even about a specific chicken. It was that chickens can live mm. for a long period of time without heads. So can cockroaches. In break eight, Ricky was mistaken for another UK radio legend. And there was a woman that worked there, and she sort of, st I could see her sort of looking at me, and she said, uh, and then she came and said, are you off the telly? And I went, um, uh, yeah, yeah. She went, yeah, Chris Moyles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. Just enjoy that. Well, Got nothing really to say about it. Uh, Johnny Vegas was the other one. Yeah, well, wasn't yeah, it? yeah. Uh, they get on to educating Ricky. I'll be no buying one of them, but they get distracted by a whole different story about the man getting a, a new arm put on that just keeps growing. Carl believes it. Break nine, Rockbusters answers. Elastica, Miss Dynamite, Miss Dinamate, and Madonna, mad on her. Ricky cancels uh, in reaction to how terrible they are. Ricky cancels Rockbusters for the first time. Right, um... That's the end of that feature, until you can get ones that work. Okay? So you won't hear any more of that, because it's rubbish. You're running out already. I do, sorry, do you just think of the first three things that come in your mind and make them fit? Just no. think of three bands and make a clue, and if it fits, it fits. If it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I just, I just went through again. Rubbish. Well, it was rubbish. Whatever. I think this is an important turning point as well, because Ricky is starting to get angry at Carl. Which yeah, hasn't true. really... This sort of outward hostility, you know, um, amongst friends, they're like, rubbish, that's rubbish. That is starting, starting to emerge. I'm listening out for the first time he calls him an idiot. Well, I wonder if a shift has been, we've been charting the shift between like, um, it was like uh, Carl and Steve used to bring all the content and, sorry, not Carl and Steve, Ricky and Steve would bring all the content and Carl would chip in. It's almost the other way now. They even reference in this episode that the big things coming up are educating Ricky yeah. and Rockbusters, which are Carl's contributions. So now Carl has some responsibility to the show. And see, before, Ricky can't really get upset at him because it's not his show. He's like, well, you're just chipping in. You're a, the panel operator. You're the producer. 
it's not your fault. It's my show. Right. But now he's kind of trusting him with his name. They're bestowing some responsibility yeah, so on it's him. It's called the Ricky uh, Gervais show. Yeah. But you have to come in and bring a contribution. And now he's kind of upset at what he's brought. And also this is like right before or right after. I think it might be the day before. No, the day after. The Sorry, the, the following week following the... F- Episode six of The Office has gone on TV. Yeah, so so people a- are probably really hot on Ricky and going, oh, my God, he does a radio show. They tune in and hear that. They hear Miss Dinamate. And I don't think in, in that respect, I don't think Ricky, I think it's a bit of bluster for the show, yeah, right? Yeah. And so, like, I don't think he's genuine. There's I think there's, a, there's an essence that he doesn't think it's uh, very good. Mm. But, like, I don't think he's genuinely upset or he thinks that it should go. But a part of it also is like, okay, Sometimes when you get stuck in these things on radio, someone just has to take a perspective. And sometimes when things aren't really going very well, the best thing to do is for one person to point that out, mm. you know, because that kind of creates a it dynamic. Diffuses, yeah. And, uh, and also shows the audience, right, what he is doing in a way is like if the audience thinks this is awful or that it doesn't make sense and they're going, do these other blokes think that it's good? Mm. And it's kind of going, we're with you. Mm. That wasn't good. Mm. Or we think that didn't make sense either. Because otherwise, if they go, yeah, good work, Carl, <laughs> the audience is going like, sure. hang on, are all these people thinking that this is a good idea? Yeah. Well, as Steve said in that interview that I played a clip of, it's like, well, it was both things. We knew that Carl was special and we enjoyed him. And it was also rubbish. Yeah. Uh, but that was sort of what made it special. So episode eight is when Rockbust has reached its final form. This is episode 13. And it's the first time it's being cancelled. So it only lasted five shows. In but break- I assume it's not cancelled, right? It goes on. It becomes the running joke that and, it's cancelled. And does week. it last the run of the show? Yep. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Into the podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> so a long time. But I'm, wait- I'm, I'm looking forward to I was thinking that like, okay, they're doing Educating Ricky. They're doing Rockbusters. We need Monkey News to start. That's what I've. That's the most famous one. That one. Yeah, I've heard of that segment, and I, you know, I've never listened to the show. And, and from Ca- memory, and Carl's diary is that one as well? That's in the podcast. Okay. Um, and from memory, I think we don't hear White Fan Carl anymore. Yeah, uh, uh, except for a few exceptions. In break ten, White Elephant, the White Elephant story, the Albino buying one of them, and Carl makes zero sense here. If you have a lot of something. Uh-huh. You also have a lot of demic ones, don't you? you a lot, lot of what? You know, sort of demicky ones, ones that aren't right, really. Demicky. Demicky. Well, you know, like it, they weren't, they weren't properly. They weren't. They weren't properly. They weren't <laughs> Sorry, demicky or properly. What are you what? doing? English is his native language. Well, is that? I thought maybe that was a regional reference, mate. Well, just saying, demic is just like obviously a slang. I think it's probably like. You know, quite offensive. Okay. These um, were, you know, this was, I, I it was gibberish. Like, yeah. I didn't understand the words. But just like saying, you know, they're not properly. Um, uh, isn't that an English term? I'm not feeling properly. Isn't that? Um, well, you say let that us if know. you're feeling sick? I've, I'm sure I've heard that on TV shows. Not feeling proper. Not feeling properly. Something properly. like that. Maybe. Let us know. Carly at gmail.com. This or just did. comment on the Patreon. I d- this was a stretch, hey. Like yeah. you didn't feel like that. That didn't seem like that's where that comes from. Well, and Ricky, I think, sums up this entire 
show, this entire episode, in reaction to the Albino story. I feel like I, I haven't been educated. I feel like I've lost something. <laughs> so at that time in my life, I can never get back. I feel like I've sort of been soiled, and I, I don't know where to start. <laughs> I'm angry. <laughs> and on that note, I think we'll end the episode. What was your favourite bits? Uh, the... The Ricky and Steve riff around uh, that you can't get good mulch in London. Yeah, yeah. I'll sign off on that one. Okay, cool. Next week, Series 2, Episode 14, Carl's potential big break from MTV. MTV really? have been in touch and they say they want to they want to screen test Carl. So we hear about that. Oh, uh, I wonder if, that, if he goes through with it. I'd be interested to see that footage. Carl interviews. Well, we might be able to hear the footage. Okay, great. Carl interviews someone for the first time, a woman who had a supernatural experience. It's one of the parts of the episode, like when he interviews people about animals, I always just skip through it whenever I'm just listening to these episodes. Oh. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to actually well, sit through it next here's week. Here's an immediate question. Do they play it in a chunk? So yes. there's like four minutes of him interviewing. They do. Yeah. So I'm wondering whether it would be more engaging because the interesting thing is Ricky's reaction. If they just played it in kind of 30-second chunks and then got Ricky to comment on it. See, that's what a good content director would tell them because that is that is a downside. It's just like it just got the show for me stops for those yeah. couple of minutes and then they react off the back. But, yeah. yeah, that's what the show is at its best when Carl is speaking and they're jumping in with their mm. – uh, quick wit. And Carl's mum has submitted her own Rockbusters clues. Love it. So we hear those. And heaps more. Next week on the show, patreon.com forward slash Carly Pilk Boys. Thanks for supporting the show. If you're on the Patreon, just $2 a month, get the show a week early. And we'll have uh, a new series of the Bready Brett Boys starting next week. Are, we, are you okay to sign off and we'll do series one of Idiot Abroad? Sure. Once a fortnight. It's like eight episodes or something, isn't there? I think so, yeah. Uh, contact us, CarlyPilkBoysPod at gmail.com, Instagram, Carly.PilkBoys, Zach Manda on Instagram and TikTok. And I'm David Ferrier Cartoon. Zach, see you next time. Bye. Rubbish. Wow. It was rubbish. Whatever.